and welcome back after a week break to Protein Ramblings, the Christmas special? Yeah, Question what a Christmas as well. We've been <laughs> yeah. given a present in one of these episodes. Yes, and and how um, well we've been give, we've been both naughty and nice because we got well, you got the coal in the socket. Yeah, you you were nice. I was naughty. I got the fucking coal. I just the turd of an episode. I just got nothing. <laughs> an illusion. <laughs> yes, yes. Of a present. <laughs> you were shown a present, but it was a hologram. But yeah, somehow it affected my life for a year. <laughs> so that episode made me angry. <laughs> we literally just before coming on here, we just finished watching Hawkeye and Love Hawkeye. so good. No spoilers, I haven't. I, no, I've saved no, no. it all to it's, watch it all together. It's, but... it's a lot of fun. You yeah, can, really. You can tell that Matt Fraction was involved. If you've read any of the Matt Fraction Hawkeye comics, like it, his touch is very mm. much there and it really works. Oh, amazing. It's on the list, definitely. Just so much Marvel stuff going out yeah. at the moment. It's a whole other podcast, I'm, I'm sure. But I didn't really rate <laughs> Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man. Oh, really? But I really did like the new Venom. Um, oh, okay. okay. We I, well, we either. can't yeah. see anything because cinemas are shot. <laughs> oh, okay. Because mm. sad Lockdown. Lock, 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 lock. Well, you didn't miss much. And to be fair, if you want to watch Spider-Man, you pretty much have to watch all the previous Spider-Mans. Oh, we have. There ever been. No, we haven't seen like, the... Oh, yeah, uh, we've not seen, yeah, we've the not seen the, the amazing Spider-Man shit ones. Yeah, you've got to watch it, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm mean, kind of. I'm intrigued by Venom and Carnage. Like uh, the first Venom film, I didn't want to watch for ages because I love Venom the character so much, and I was just like, this is just going to be a clusterfuck and it's going to make me angry. And then yeah, when we great. did watch it, it was like, this is not a good Venom film, but it is a fun film. Yeah. I, and the second one, again, mm. I think maybe it's not the best of Venom films. It is a good film. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Like it's definitely a cinema film anyway. Tom Hardy's kind of really into it. That helps. Yeah, you can like see like, how, how fucked he is by Venom <laughs> in it, basically, in the second one. It's brilliant. Mm. Like, he really plays it up. It's great. Anyway, we are digressing yeah. massively. Christmas <laughs> yes. special, yes, Dungeons we are. and Dragons. Yes. So without further ado, I'll kick it over, I'll kick it over to Naomi. Uh, yeah, it's near enough, Mark and Naomi, just in case you hadn't realized, in case you've not been with us up until yeah, this point. If you have been all our podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> if you decided to drop into the show halfway through a series of episodes. stupid idea. Yeah. More fool you go back and listen to other things so you know who the fuck we are. Anyway, I'll kick it over to Naomi for the first episode in this trilogy. Yes, this is The Last Illusion. Episode 19. And we I opened... immediately thought, though, that this was going to be like, you know, like, it's the last illusion, like cities are the lost city. <laughs> like, this is not going to be the last there illusion. There are no more illusions it? after this. There ever. will be other illusions, there for is, sure. Yeah. There is only truth. We opened on a bone-filled swamp, which the party are trekking through, and Eric is complaining. Everyone is miserable. They've been told to look for Dungeon Master at the edge of the Swamp of Darkness, which is presumably where they are. But I thought it was more of a bog. <laughs> we're gonna have to get technical we've got technical moisture on can- level we've got technical on canyons and crevasses <laughs> and crevices so we all all types of topology and terrain this is actually a low-key geology pro- podcast yeah <laughs> but <laughs> it really is okay so so either either they're definitely in a swamp because dungeon master told them to go to the swamp at the edge of darkness yeah, but he's a bastard. or they're in a bog and they've just gone wrong and they're not in the right swamp I think a bog could be a subsection of a swamp, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's boggy areas of swamps. Yeah. yeah, it's like the moss side of a swamp. They're, they're in some yeah. kind of horrible landscape. Eric is complaining. Everyone is miserable. And a kraken attacks. I don't believe the swamp is <laughs> yeah. deep enough to house a kraken. Yeah, I, I took umbrance with this as well. I was like, no, <laughs> That no, must be no, why no. it's a bog, because of the depth, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look this up afterwards. What I, constitutes a bog? Well, I genuinely don't know the difference. I always assumed a swamp would be like the bigger biome. Well, what are the, what's the bayou? In like Florida, 
bayous are swamps, aren't they? Yeah, the Everglades. Yeah, yeah, because they've got they they they're, they're I don't know the bayous or or like I think it's swamps. Yeah, yeah, yeah wetlands, yeah. isn't it? Basically. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the 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 kraken attacks, and we we have a skirmish. Hank saves Uni from being eaten at one point. Uh, Presto tries to conjure something to get rid of both the kraken and the smell of the swamp or bog. And and what he actually conjures is basically a flowery hurricane that does I, nothing. I, at first, I was like, "Why have you conjured fake snow?" Because that's what he wants. <laughs> He's conjured the wind from Pocahontas, yes. but just too much of it. <laughs> um, I just call it like a uh, potpourri tornado. Yeah, that was it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in the midst of this, the, the kraken separates Presto from the party. They they like they lose sight of him immediately. I, I don't know how dense this wind he's conjured is, but they're just like Presto has vanished. This is crazy. Well, maybe it was a shonky animation because this, this scene possible. was quite badly drawn. <laughs> so Presto makes it onto dry land and hears a female voice calling out to him. And first, she says, "Behind you." Yeah, it... which confused me because behind him was more swamp. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, she, yeah, I guess she was trying to warn him because the kraken was still trying to reach out and grab him, but it can't make it onto land. The voice then calls him away from the swamp. She's kind of like, over here, this is, you know, come this way. And he then sees a girl on the ground in, in a nightdress. And he, he goes to help She's her She's like the ginger ring. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 I, I immediately was like, don't trust this bitch. No. This is some, like, this is some, like, because she's gaunt and drawn and yeah. like, I'm like, no, 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 no. And uh, usually, genre convention, if you hear a mysterious voice calling you from the depths of the woods, it's not a good thing. No. You know? No. Genre wisdom would be don't follow the voice. But he does. And he finds this girl on the floor and he goes to help her up. But their hands kind of smush into each other. She's intangible. And... On so all women. A, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he asked her if she's a ghost. It almost I think. sparkles. Yeah, though, I thought it was more well. of the flowery hurricane stuff, but it is sparkles. I feel like everyone's getting a little love story arc. They, everyone does, oh, don't they? It's so, it's so fucking, fucking trite. He tries to help her, but he can't. They, he realizes she's not actually there. And she tells him that she's in the Forbidden Tower and she needs help. And at this point, she disappears. And Dungeon Master steps in to replace her. It's just, yeah. I don't know if this is an upgrade or not. Um, he basically appears to tell Presto that he's in love with this girl. You know, Presto's kind of like, what's going on? I, you know, I feel connected to her. I feel like I know her. And Dungeon is Master's like, you do. He says the girl is like Presto. She's gifted with wondrous powers. Which I Presto don't think is, is not gifted He's with gifted wonder- with magic hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she can't use problems. She's like an arranged marriage though. Dungeon Master's <laughs> rocking in being like, yeah. you love her. Yeah. yeah. Go and find her, marry out. her. Trust me. He warns Presto that there is more than meets the eye in life and love. And then he just, he starts just fucking around with him. He's like, you should find her and you may find the way home. Note the qualifier, may, because yeah, it doesn't may. fucking come up. No, no not in the slightest. She's got nothing to do with any of it. But Dungeon Master obviously has his own convoluted evil plan for these kids. So he's directing Presto to the Forbidden Tower. Is this like he's actually brought playthings in for his son? <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> the, the, the kids are just toys for vengeance. Yeah, he gets destructive Definitely. when he's bored. Yeah, Dungeon Master tells Presto to follow his heart to the Bidden Tower, which is not a useful direction. Uh, and then he disappears. <laughs> wow, Naomi. No, but it's not, is it? Presto's like, how do I get to the tower? And Dungeon Master's like, follow your heart. What is the, that's, it's, it's this kind of shit that makes them snap, point. though, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's very kind true. of Ridley, Ridley directions that leads to the next episode's crux. Yes. <laughs> so we, we then cut to Presto just wandering through a, a scary forest looking for the party. Yeah. <laughs> and this white bearded dude lurches from the bushes and grabs him. And he's like, who are you? What are you doing here? He is the most archetypical car- cantankerous old git. Yeah, just like get off my land stop it's, scrumping it's very hillbilly isn't it it's yeah. very hill sab eyes moment luckily Hank and the party then appear and, and surround him <laughs> and 
and they, they warn the guy to back off. They're like, he's with us. Like, Hank sounds real fucking menacing. Hank's, Hank's he's like, he kills his bow yeah, on him. He's, yeah, he's ready to go. <laughs> like, this is the start of Hank's dark side rearing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> this guy accuses them all of being witches and wizards because nobody else can make it across the swamp. And just as he's Which, getting... Which, to be fair, they are. It's true, yeah. He's yeah, not yeah. Wrong, yeah. Just as he's getting really kind of het up, his wife just appears I know she yeah. was in the bushes with him she was on hand <laughs> well, that's, you know it's, it's the couple's thing to do they've been dogged <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh shit it's just kids again uh, his wife is sad about children we learn she wants to take the kids home to feed them but the guy who's I was sauce as fuck of this discover yeah. he's Jareth. like I don't want them in my house yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy's name is Jareth he, he says no but his wife takes them anyway and we just get a shot of him women. looking suspicious <laughs> and then we then cut to a horrendous horrible peasant village I can't describe it any other way. Everything is wrecked. It's a hovel. People are clearly having a miserable time. It's your typical medieval village. Basically. Yeah, yeah. they are serfs. Yeah. yeah. Um, we go into the this couple's house, Jareth and his wife, whose name was like Masanda? Melis? Marindra. Marindra, Marindra yeah. yeah. And the party are being fed a, a good meal of swamp blizzards. <laughs> Sometimes, don't you think that the, the writers just take two normal names and mash them together? That's how yeah. you um, generate fantasy names. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Eric is kind of He's mocking the meal, you know, kind of bigging it up in a very sarcastic way. And this really offends Jareth, who immediately has a complete mental breakdown. <laughs> it's like, dude, dude, it's like, this is chill. all we have for a year. This is all we've had. We have nothing else. But he's crying at the edge of right. a, like a child's yeah, bed with teddy, teddy bears bear. on it while I, this is I, happening. Jesus. I am going to... I'm I'm gonna skip forward and give away some stuff here because I, I I have some real issues with this. So they're saying like, oh, we have nothing. Our village is ruined. All the livestock is gone. But later on, skip to the end, we find out this is an illusion. How have they not? Yes, like, I, how? this is what I meant at the beginning. I got angry about this because illusions don't change, change what is things. real. Yeah. They just make things look different. So like their cows. So what we can think is their cows have been there this whole time, wanting to be fed, and they're just running around going, "Where are I mean, our they cows? Probably are Where are dead our cows? By now. Well, yeah. they just wandered off. They're like, "Fuck these." guys yeah there's pastures are plenty across the it's road like, the guys are like oh there's a hole in my roof i'm getting wet and it's like no it's so it's so angry illusions don't work this way <laughs> anyway it turns out that their daughter disappeared in the swamp a year ago and ever since then the village has been plagued by bad luck such as evil winds to quote and um, Eric actually like blushes during this interaction as well do you notice that like he actually gets cheek red because he's mm, like, yeah. he's so ashamed of himself for yeah. pointing out <laughs> yeah. they're poor basically yeah, he's poor, like, poor, he's, poor he's doing uh, his best uh, while they're explaining calamities that have befallen their village Presto tries to tell them about the girl he saw in the swamp but Sheila for some reason just hushes him just, kind of like you know don't interrupt this man while he's ranting and raving it's important nonsense. Yeah. So Jareth is like, evil wins, bad luck. It's terrible. And Presto finally speaks up, but then he starts to kind of choke and cough. It's like something is physically preventing him from talking about the girl. And then an evil wind strikes the house. We cut to a tower, presumably forbidden. It's, it's one of Venger's kind of seasonal residences, I guess. And we see this girl whose name is <laughs> Vala. She's being held captive. There are like two giant stone hands creating a force field around her. What an amazing prison, though. Yeah, it was very, very 80s metal. And she's basically being forced to perform magic by Venger. And it seems, from what Venger says to her, that this is a very long con to grab the party. He's all like, soon Dungeon Master's brats will be exactly where I want them. I'm like, dude, like you have too much time on your hands. Yeah. Like, this is a year-long con job on the off chance that these kids wander in this direction or that his dad sends them in this direction. <laughs> and at this point, I did note that, yeah, Venger calls what Vala is doing illusions but then that, why is the village actually suffering? Mm -hmm. <laughs> why is there wind? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why are they feeling these elements if they're just illusions? It, it really annoyed me. 
We then cut back to the village where a storm is raging and Presto is screaming and this causes the villagers to think he's causing the storm. He's basically having a carry moment. Kind of, yeah. So I think we we infer from this that Presto and Vala are linked because she's Why? suffering in Venger's tower. Because they're in love. Didn't you pay attention yeah. at the beginning? <laughs> every every time Venger like zaps her, he Presto feels, the pain. feels it. Yeah. 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 Uh, a building why? explodes. Why is a good just question, though? Just because that's, that's how love works, I guess. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. cross distances. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a building explodes and the villagers kind of form a mob on Presto. And the wife, I put, I put her name down as Marissa. I know it's not Marissa. She's trying to defend Presto. It's, it's like, not It's important. not him. He's a, you know, he's a good guy. And Presto is like, yes, I will cast a spell to prove that my magic is good. And he conjures a big water jet from his hat. But Venger uses Vala to turn the water into fire and a well, it's illusion. Light. But it's an illusion so that none of this really is happening. So no, the water, the really, the water is really yeah. the water is really happening so the fire yeah, is just wet. just drenching their house yeah. finally making the rain damage seem uh, like a real thing. And so of course the villagers just want to lynch Presto. Yeah, we, we got like proper lynch mobs. can't stress how much mob. the village is really out to mob they them. Really they are. Are. I mean, they've had a tough year apparently. Yeah, but they, they, are, they are very much Oh, we are going to lynch everyone that comes here. They're like, burn Pitchforks, yeah. Get them all. We then have an amazing scene of Venger disguising himself as an ancient Greek warrior, basically. And he he casts this illusion on Nightmare as well. So she becomes like this noble, mighty steed. And they fly off into the village. And he puts out the illusionary fire. Uh, Uni is suspicious, but everyone's kind of like, come on, Uni, look at his horse. He must be a good guy. The villagers thank Venger, who... I mean, he's sus as fuck. He he looks like a Spartan warrior. it's, It's amazing. He comes in, he puts out the fire... The villagers are like, oh my God, thank you so much. He's like, don't thank me. Kill Presto. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, show Just what him all no mercy. Do. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately assign blame. So yeah, yeah we, we get a mob. They they take the weapons and then Venger snatches them and just rides off into the sunset on his disguised horse. And we then cut to the party who have been imprisoned. I, I like... I'd be really offended if I was Nightmare. Nightmare's a badass horse and you've made it into this prancy white thing. Like, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be pissed. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot of dignity in it. Do you reckon Venger goes out on the pole dressed like this? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so Presto finally gets to explain to the party about Vala. Um, Hank is very patronizing to him, I noted. He's all kind of like, oh, Presto, Go bless to bed. you. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's time for bed. <laughs> Actually, this is a trilogy of episode where Hank doesn't tell anyone to go to bed. because no, he's got murder on his mind. Yeah, Why? yeah. the hate. <laughs> yeah. Eric suggests they try to escape, and Diana is very pessimistic. She's like, we have nothing, we have no weapons, what can we do? So Eric starts being a Karen, basically. He's just leaning out of the window, screaming that the service is terrible, there's no ketchup for his fries, and there are no fries, and this is the worst prison he's ever been in, and just generally... There's no TV in his prison and I he's calling for his point, lawyer. He's, he, he's like, we don't need weapons. Yeah. We're giants, yeah. is what he's saying. He's great like, in this episode. Like, he's like properly Ging them up. I loved Eric yeah, in this actually, episode. Actually, Eric has ball, like, is one of the most cocksure, like, ball, balls to the wall guy in a few of these, like, yeah, but in mm. the in the third episode, as much as I hate it, Eric is just constantly like, "Nah, this is no big deal. We do this shit all the time." Ray. Yeah. <laughs> we then cut back to the Forbidden Tower. We see Venger locking away the weapons and kind of monologuing, basically, like he's having a really good day now. And Vala asks if he'll let her go now, and he just he kind of lolls. He's like, "No, <laughs> I'm going to keep you because as you grow, your magic is going to grow, and I can use you to do even more things." And effectively, he wants to use her to take out the dungeon master eventually. Yeah, um, I thought I thought the weapons were enough for that. Yeah, like yeah. he's got the weapons and he just stows them away. In a I'm never, yeah, I'm never quite sure what Avengers Endgame is really because uh, he obviously yeah. isn't going to use the weapons himself for anything. Patricide. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> patricide, but like, I feel like he could have. I don't know. I feel like he could have achieved this. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, there's a lot of unanswered questions in their relationship. 
Back in the prison, an illusionary Vala appears to explain what's going on. She gives them a bit of an info dump and explains that Venger was the Greek warrior in disguise. And Uni is very vindicated by this. She's, you know, yeah. So yeah, I'm the only good white horse. <laughs> Vala gives them very vague directions to the Forbidden Tower. She's like, oh, it's over the mountain ridge and, you know, go through a forest kind of thing. It's, it's, it's better than Dungeon Master's directions, I guess. And at this point, Jareth and What's-Her-Face show up. And, and just as Vala's projection is fading, they, they see her. Yeah. So they decide to help the party escape. They, they so do this. For, for a guy who's only been living on lizard stew, he is But he jacked. probably hasn't really. He's probably been eating really, really well. Because when the village is like released <laughs> yes, from yes, the illusion at the end of the episode. Chickens. Yeah. When, when the illusion lifts, right? everything what is beautiful. Hugs two men simultaneously yes. carries them out of the door <laughs> to help the party yeah, escape. They escape, but a, a mob forms and kind of sets off in pursuit as they head for the tower. When we get to the tower... The party kind of hanging out at a distance and they see some orc guards, at which point Presto immediately gives up. He's like, we can't possibly do this. There are two orc guards. Yeah, I was like, dude, you... You're supposed to be in love. Like, what a few, the fuck? Well, a few episodes ago, you went through an entire orc encampment outside that keep <laughs> yeah. with the oh, demo they had dragon. their weapons. They're nothing mm, now, right? Yeah. That's true, that's true. Well, a couple of episodes ago, they were like, oh, we've beat you so many times with our... In fact, the same episode, <laughs> the demo dragon one, when they make the deal with Venger, like, we've beat you so many times without our weapons. We don't give a fuck. I, I sort of agree with that against all of them, except for Diana, who is legitimately an athlete. <laughs> yeah, a gymnast, yeah. right? She yeah. can do that without the stick. She did it anyway. Yeah. But all the others are kind of used Hank is just a jock. Yeah. Eric is just yeah. a prep. Bobby is just a, a nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah. A really muscular kid. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a dungeon master kind of appears to chide him. He's lounging on a ranch nearby in one of those like weirdly sexy poses that he does. <laughs> he tells them when things look their worst. <laughs> is right, it not true? I feel no. like we found something out about you today. I mean, she does have a weird crush on Pete Don. And like, kind okay. of, Pete Don kind of looks like Dungeon Master. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, no, I'm not having that. I don't uh, mean do I find it sexy. I mean the pose is very kind of like pin yes. up. <laughs> the poses he strikes are very pin-up girl, aren't they? If you say so. I'm right about um, yes. this. Yeah. I'm right about this. Okay. Just he's la- he's okay. always lounging. We're just doing our dungeon master bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he tells them when things look their worst, things will be their best, and then he disappears. He could have told the villagers this a year ago. He could he could have said, <laughs> It's fine, it's an illusion. You're actually eating chicken. Everything's okay. Oh, it could be lizard. I mean, they chicken. probably would have run or him out of town, lizard. wouldn't they? They're, because, you know, wizard. But No, they have one DM shows up. They're like, oh my God, it's Dungeon Master. Oh. <laughs> they, they sort of do that in a almost reverential way. Yeah, it's very reverent. Way, actually. It's like, oh, it's like, very telling. Right. So Hank has a plan. The pl- <laughs> fucking plan. He gets everyone together. He, they, they have a huddle. He's like, don't worry, gang, I've got a plan. And what happens is they they lure the orcs over to a pile of rocks. So the, the orcs hear this weird noise. They go over to investigate. And under this pile of rocks, they find a frog and Eric's boots. And this baffles them so much that the party are able to sneak past them and get yeah. inside the tower. It's like a classic noise trap, isn't it? They yeah. tie the frog to his but boots. Hang's plan. Right? Like, okay, I need your boots and we've got to find a frog. His plan is animal cruelty, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inside the tower, Presto can sense Vala's presence. So he's able to lead them to her. And they see her trapped in this magical shell, which she tells Moni Venger can dispel. The orcs at this point have figured out that the, the frog and the boots were a distraction and they come running. Vala disguises the party with an illusion so they all look like orcs and we have a kind of very awkward encounter yes, between the orcs awkward. and the party. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great bit because yes. Uni is an orc but it's yeah. like an orc on their hands and knees yeah. <laughs> which made me laugh. Venger appears and is very suspicious of this sudden batch of new orcs. Yeah. Uh, and he starts... One, one of which goes, meh. Yeah. <laughs> he starts hurting Vala and, and so of course Presto reacts because he's feeling her pain. And the party split up with the orcs in pursuit and Venger just starts blasting off lightning balls, I guess. 
His castles are expendable, to be fair. So you can just destroy and redecorate at will. And, and this is where we find out the most OP weapon you can have in this world. Mirrors. Yes, ditch your weapons. Just oh. carry a pocket just mirror. Just carry mirrors. Yes, Hank yeah. uses this a mirror. Is, this is one of those moments, though, where Eric gets to be the hero as well, because he swings through the yes, castle on yeah. a chain so while first, getting blasted um, by Venger. Hank uses a mirror to deflect one of Venger's bolts, and this kind of, it bounces off the mirror and off a pillar and into the wall, and it smashes open the chamber where the weapons are hidden. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Eric swings on through on this chain, <laughs> which I don't know where it came from, to, to grab the weapons, and he's kind of holding off Venger with his shield while he dispenses magic weaponry. It, he has a, it's a great moment. Yeah. He's the hero. He, he is. is the hero of this yeah. episode. Yeah, completely. So now the party can go on the offense. And um, we see one of Avengers Blast breaks one of the stone hands that's creating Vala's prison. So that frees her and Presta runs over and they embrace. It's all very touching, I suppose. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> um, it's a little bit foreshadowing because at this moment they say nothing can stop Avengers except mm, yeah. Matt. Like we can only hold yeah, him off and that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it, yeah, Diana. Vala asks if anything can stop Venger and says nothing. Why do they have to describe what Tiamat is to her? Like, surely everybody knows who Tiamat is, right? Tiamat is the queen of dragons. Yeah, Yeah, you would know who... If you lived in this world, you would fuck know who Tiamat is. (laughs) So Vala tries to conjure an illusion of Tiamat and and Presto doesn't really want her to. He's kind of worried about how fragile and spent she is. But she does this and the illusion allows them to escape right into the arms of the approaching mob of villagers who have just kind of come to the top as, of the mountain. As she casts this, she kind of fades away. Yeah, yeah. So you're, yeah. you're left thinking, because what happens basically is that the tower gets blown up, I guess, by Venger in his escape No, attempt. it gets blown up by the illusion of Tiamat. Right. Yeah, sure. And you see Tiamat so standing in the wreckage of the tower. And then you, you don't see Vala anymore. Venger escapes. Presto is sad. The implication is that Vala is dead. So the mob grab the party. Vala's parents appear and they're sad. But then Presto realizes Vala's illusions are still active, so she must still be alive. Dungeon Master. Oh, yeah, they look at the village, don't they? And yeah, they're like, yeah. the village like is still wrecked. Horrendous wreck. Well, Presto's like, it's no It'd use. Be funny if they I just, they're, just, they're just council trash and yeah. live in like a shit <laughs> Yeah, hole. nobody considered that. Yeah. So that's not an illusion, that's my house. That's just yeah. how I live. <laughs> Dungeon Master appears once again to tell Presto to follow his heart, and the villagers, yes, they are awed by Dungeon Master. Presto just kind of wanders off. And he just then, walks up the hill and then yeah, Vala's Vala climbing out of the, the rubble. Yeah. He's sensing his heart. He's letting his heart yeah. lead him. She appears on the trail. We have a reunion. Is that what he calls it? <laughs> they embrace. Vala collapses. And we get like a, quite a... So he's, you see her illusions disappear and the village is just now a Beautiful, verdant, lush green. Yeah, and the rotten the, crops yeah. are like actual grain. Yeah, it's, it's all sparkly like, and beautiful. But if they had all been neglected for a year because but people it, thought they were dead anyway... It looked like our garden. It would probably not... Yeah, it would probably <laughs> still look shit. You can't just not tend your crops for a year or your livestock and expect it all to just be perfectly healthy. Mm, like the, true. Yeah, I'm so annoyed. And Unless then, Venger, we, Venger <laughs> has been secretly... I love how much you guys it. are both equally angry about the power of love and the power of illusions. Yeah. <laughs> Between you, you hate both of them. They're just well, not, they can't be this powerful. I've well, this is not how things the, work. The, the only thing I can think is maybe Venger has secretly been tending their crops for <laughs> just them. Just at the weekends. He's out in the garden, <laughs> hoeing. Or just sending zorks down to do it. But So the end of the episode is, it's, it's a very romantic, like cl- classical romantic scene of the heroine swooning into the hero's arms and he's Frankly, holding her. my dear, I don't give a damn. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take you away and rape you, but we won't talk about it because it's that era of Hollywood. <laughs> well, that's what happens. I know, I know. He Presto 
is is standing against the rising sun with his love in his arms, and you just know that this is never going to fucking come up again. They're never going to talk about her again. They're never going to yeah. see her again. I, no I, I, it's a very I, unsatisfying yeah. romance. The, the very ending shot is just DM sc- Dungeon Master skulking. Yes. He takes a bow. Well, he does. He yes. takes a fucking bow at the end. Like what? Like this is your own because he engineered this whole thing. Well, he did <laughs> we pretty it. much. <laughs> and that was the last illusion. That was an episode. Certainly yeah. was. It was definitely it an episode. It wasn't the. And maybe it was. It wasn't. Yeah, it's probably in the bottom third of. Episodes, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the second worst one in this batch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad, definitely. <laughs> wow. I mean, I I didn't hate it as much as you guys did, clearly. But I didn't really hate it, it while I was watching it. It was only when I yeah. went back over my notes. I was like, wait a minute, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, yeah, and it was a good... Well, maybe that's what made this episode seem so good. Mm. But episode 20, The Dragon's Graveyard, was like a holy shit episode. This was right? so the, good. This was the like... The raw, dark emotions Dungeons and Dragons all. After Dark, yeah. Yeah, like, I, you would <laughs> never get this in a kid's cartoon these days at all. No, no. I know that, like, they... I mean, little bit of spoilers, but they skirted around using the word murder yeah. just barely well, that's, that's at all points in time yeah. and kill and death. <laughs> like, you know, they yeah, try and we're gonna use the hard deal word. With him. We're going to deal with him. It'll, you know, we'll do what is required. It's like mob talk for a hit, right? <laughs> yeah. We're going to give him a exactly. gift. <laughs> yeah, like they're being tapped and they don't yeah. want anyone to know that they're actually planning this. Like, I have taken quite extensive notes, so I do apologize if this no, no, goes no, on. But good, just good. so much happens in yeah. this episode that I just couldn't help it. And, and actually, weirdly, like a cinematic, it's a cinematic episode, and just like a film, it starts with like, do you know Paramount p- Picture Films? Or yeah. we start with the mountain montage. Yeah. This starts exactly like that. There's a, <laughs> there's a Paramount mountain mount that they start as a shot. And then immediately this like roaring frost giant barbarian thing rears up like wielding a huge club and giving a a war cry. And you just hear Hank say scatter. But Uni is left right in the middle of this ice field with the club coming down on her. See, I thought this was a little bit of an homage to the the, the snow beast thing from Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) You know, the Luke (laughs) is like... It just felt it felt very much like they just watched Empire and they tried to open kind of similar, just like snowy field. Like we know they've got no problem with plagiarism. Yeah, so that's very especially likely when that it comes happens. to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Bobby runs into the ice, onto the ice, I should say, and kind of rescues Uni just as the club is coming down, and he actually like swings his club against the Frost Giant's club and it just smashes it to smithereens, right? Yeah. And the, I love it. The Frost Giant has this comedic moment where he just looks at the nub end of his club and then Bobby smashes the floor from underneath him and Hank shoots the guy and he effectively falls off of a cliff, <laughs> like a huge cliff, presumably <laughs> to his death. I like that. I can only assume that Frost Giant is dead unless he can merge with ice. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, we see Shadow Demon lurking, as always. Yeah, lurking. Um, and Ready to use a number one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're standing in the middle of this icy plateau. Eric's like, what do we do? The dungeon master told them that fire and ice would show them the way home. And laser. And, yeah, exactly. It's at this moment, right, that, that where a sunbeam hits a mountain that's far off that concentrates it into a laser <laughs> that hits just another snowy mountain, I guess. And, you know, as you do, Hank just randomly decides to shoot one of these MacGuffin arrows at the mountain. Of course and it, it splits exactly vertically in half and opens up forming a canyon. So I was thinking about this. Hank is going to be ruined when he gets back home because he's going to try and solve everything by shooting arrows at it. (laughs) 
He's so American. Yeah. Just know, it'll be guns, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guns, yeah, guns yeah, are yeah. the solution to he, all problems. He is going to become one of those, like... Mm, school shooters. Yeah. Well, not even yeah. school shooters. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more just one of those guys that has 50, you know, AR-30, AR-15. Yeah, the guy have... that lives in the middle of whatever, Nebraska. Yeah, or yeah they're all going to have so many unresolved mental health issues when they get home, mm. aren't they? they I, I was saying... They already do. They, they, it's they, all going to come out. It's all in this episode. They would be better served just deciding to stay in this world and like, all right, fine, let's just make a home for ourselves here at this point. Yeah, it's true. Like, especially a couple of years in. Yeah. So, yeah, the party enter this newly created ice canyon. Mm -hmm. And at the end is the portal home. Yeah. Literally, like the first five minutes of it, and it's the full arcade, you know, the, the, the music from it and everything. And they start legging it towards it. But just as they're about to get to it, like a couple of blasts hit the ground around the uh, portal and it fades away. And Avenger <laughs> yes. is on the scene, basically. With Shadow um, Demon in tow. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out he sent the Frost Giant, but obviously the Frost Giant didn't work. So he's there to sort them out and finish yeah. them off. And he, he effectively uses his magic to try and reseal this like glacial canyon to crush the party. Eric holds his shield up, which kind of gives them a temporary bit of protection. And then more and, Hank is not OP enough. bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Apparently Hank's arrows are also like a million degrees because he yeah. shoots it into a wall <laughs> at a perpendicular angle to the crushing and it just causes creates a tunnel for I, them to get I, I lo- I like to think there's another take of this where he rolled a natural one and the arrow just pinged back and hit him in the head. <laughs> just reflects. Yeah. Like this is one of those mirrors that doesn't work like yeah. all the mirrors and <laughs> everywhere else. So yeah, the party kind of make their way through. I think Bobby smashes out the last bit of the um the wall and they effectively step out into the next biome. Yeah. This is a biome where there's an icy glacier on one side and just a rocky pseudo desert plateau, I guess, yeah. on the other. And this is basically where they all just have a mental breakdown. They 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 kind of start sulking. <laughs> but it quickly turns into like Bobby just breaks despair. down in mm. tears. He's <laughs> yeah. like, I want my mom, I want to go home. Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Sheila's like, cheer up, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. completely like, Sheila, ineffectually. Read the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This isn't one of those moments. Come on now. <laughs> And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Bobby's in tears. Eric Eric and him have like an argument. Mm. Jesus. Yeah. He's like, oh, I want my mum. Jeez. Like, so Eric kind of starts planting the scene. He's like, look, this keeps happening. We've got to do something about Venger. And Hank's like, yeah, we do. And Eric's quite surprised that <laughs> someone's agreeing with him for once. <laughs> We've got to kill him. And this is where all the subtle insinuations come on, where it's like, it's time to take care of Venger yeah. once and for all. <laughs> yeah. And effectively, they... A murder plot begins. Yes, yes, it and, does. Yeah, and this they is, discuss like what can beat him. Our weapons can't, but but the only weapon that can, Tiamat. Yes, which is like you know amazing. Like, it's a great plan. It's a great like. I mean, I yeah. I, I was down. Da- I was down for the Venger murder. I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> let's yeah, go. This is go time. Yeah. Exactly. We're getting to this. Like this is John Wick territory. Mm-hmm. Now. I can't believe this is the penultimate episode of a season. I'm going to put this here because <laughs> this should be the last episode of a yeah. season. I know it's so or bad. even of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Diana and Presto aren't actually quite so sure about the plan and they're questioning it a little bit. And mm. Presto's sort of like walking and thinking at the same time and he stumbles onto the DM and <laughs> the dungeon master starts to tell him about some nobody, Duke of Darkness. Duke of Darkness, and, yeah. Yeah, and Hank is like, no. <laughs> Where is Tiamat? We, we need to know two things. Yeah. How do we find Tiamat and how do we use her to kill And Venture? no fucking riddles. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. <laughs> so the, the dungeon master's like, chill, chill. But then he's like, okay, he gives them directions. That Tiamat is where dragons go to die and yep. it's the source of their weapon's power. He also um, says before he tells them, he's like, are you sure, Ranger, this is where you want to go? This path only leads to ruin. He's, he's like, like really, yeah. he's like teasing, mm. teasing them into it. I reckon he's but, like, oh, no, don't go and do this. What I love is that presumably while they're off doing this, some 
distant kingdom has been wrecked by the Duke of Darkness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He can't rely on this party too much, right? <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're like the source of our power though. Like, so their weapons, their power comes from wep- ar- dead dragons and weapons at the dragon. Yeah, dead exactly. dragons. The dragon's graveyard. The dungeon master starts to riddle out some other stuff and Hank's like, no, no. <laughs> Once again, I told you no more rhymes. <laughs> yeah. Tell us it, it's straight. And dungeon master basically is like, okay then, just try talking to Tiamat. He says, she just ask her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, di- dun- then Dungeon Master is like, this is the ultimate like gaslighting play. He's like, can I go now? Yeah. <laughs> like in a sulky way, like he hasn't just achieved a victory finally. It's a really fair point though, because at no point have they ever tried talking to Tiamat. Like Tiamat doesn't necessarily have any beef with them. Tiamat just wants no. to go about her own fucking No, she wants to All fuck up Vendra. Does- no, she doesn't she's though. Evil, All she's she, ever basically. doing is like her own thing and people stumble into her house and, and bring... Yeah fight to her. Yeah. It's really true. Well, yeah, they, like they teleport her in in previous episodes, don't they, sometimes? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, Hank's like, all right, where is it? And Dungeon Master says that they carry the way with them and let it begin with you, Ranger. And Hank's like, fucking hell, I said no riddles. <laughs> and then Dungeon Master TPs out yeah. behind a rock just as Hank like, is like uh, raging. I don't want yeah. <laughs> And yeah, she, this is a Sheila once again kind of questions the plan and Hank further reiterates that they are going to murder Venger. Yeah. He's like, no, no, this is the time. This is, It's got to happen Sheila now. Sheila says, well, what do we do when we get him? Hank is like, we'll do whatever we ta- whatever it takes. And just like, that, that, so that's, that's murder. Hank is full bore. Bear yeah. in mind that like, I can't stress this enough. These are kids. Like Hank is the oldest at 16. Sheila is 13. Bobby is 10. And Hank's yeah. just like, kids. He's like, bedtime's over. We're going to murder yeah. somebody. <laughs> You don't need sleep. Rage it's, it's and hate like, will fuel you. <laughs> exactly. And it's always like a close-up of the, of Hank's face when he's implying it, looking kind of sinister as well, like shading and stuff-wise. It's not like a normal happy-go-lucky Hank. He's like piercing gaze. And yeah. now, then we cut to the other side of the coin where someone else starts losing. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Everyone is at breaking point. Fenja <laughs> so, has the yeah, biggest exactly. tantrum. At the, at the glacier that closed on the party, Shadow Demon kind of emerges from the ice and he's like, no, no, he's talking to Venger. There's no sign of the party under there. Venger is fucking mad. He just starts throwing magic balls all over the place, just destroying the entire like glacier. Yeah, he's going to cause a tsunami. I think at this point, yeah. you have to wonder why Venger is so invested in these kids. Like, he wants their weapons, well, he wanted fine. The weapons. It's, yeah. it, Isn't but, it just like, you know, that he's jealous of this stepbrothers and sisters, right? <laughs> yeah, well, like, patricide. Like, we've, we know Dungeon Master's brought in other parties, so he just keeps bringing in replacements for Vendra and not actually giving <laughs> well, him any it, love the, for himself. Every, everyone, everyone is getting in between a father-son quarrel where, it, you know, it's like some Greek tragedy or, mm. you know, yeah. Roman debacle where the father wants to kill the son and the son wants to kill the father, but they won't come out and do it directly. They're just using intermediaries and armies Oh, and yeah, shit. that's definitely... Exactly, yeah. That's spot on. And yeah, Avenger literally uses the terms like, this will be the last time they escape from us. So this also implies Avenger is like, I'm out to kill these fuckers. Like, these, yeah. these kids are going to die. Um, this is the murder episode. Like, this is not the graveyard of dragons. This is the potential graveyard of everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the party are crossing this rocky terrain and they figure out that their weapons are the key. I think Diana figures it out. She pretty much always figures out the riddles, I think, actually. It's kind yeah. of the, the theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hank's like, oh, he said it begins with a ranger. So he knocks an arrow, magic arrow, and just starts to, like, aim towards the sky. And Venger just blams in and just bl- hand blasting 
all over the place. Like he's dropping magic grenades from uh, Nightmare. Yeah, he's bam, finger bam, blasting. Like, yep. Everything is blowing up the party, like scramble. They're getting completely overpowered, basically, mm. and they run into a cave. And and like just like the start of the episode, Uni doesn't quite make it to the cave and, and just takes a direct Avenger blast. Yeah. Instead of teleporting, which we she's completely forgotten how to do by <laughs> yeah, this point. It, it's, it's become a, a non-entity power again. But when she yeah. gets hit, it's like she's like proper like blown with the blast and she's all yeah, no, no exactly. that's skeletal. It's like a lethal weapon scene, though, isn't it? Where she's like silhouetted yeah, yeah, by yeah, the explosion, yeah. and then she's like crumpled on the floor. And Venger's like, "I'm going to fucking do a killing blow now." And yeah. he's like racking, like an American uh, pitcher, like a baseball pitcher. He's like getting a ball ready and like proper aiming at her. <laughs> so Bobby's like, "Holy shit!" He's like <laughs> in tears. He runs out of the cave. He like scoops up Uni, but Venger's like doing the lineup, and then Eric slides out with shield up and yeah. just in time like protects them from from this Eric super is blast. fucking MVP again mm-hmm. yeah exactly and there's like suppressing fire time so Hank like yeah. lays down some suppressing fire Diana uses her javelin That's to like l- hold the cave up because it's like getting it's collapsing uh, yeah yeah it's starting to collapse on, in on yeah, them. I literally have like Hank gives covering fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly suppressing fire <laughs> so yeah they, they run deeper into the cave but it's a dead end because the cave-in has like completely fucked them so yeah Hank uses his arrow to light everything around. Uni is in super bad shape. Yeah. And Bobby's like streaming with tears by this point. And, and Venger outside is fucking raging. And he's just blasting <laughs> yeah. the rocks, basically. So they're feeling like the vibrations on the inside as he's trying to get into them. It's heavily implied at this point that Uni is basically dying. Because Sheila's like, yeah. I, I can't do anything. I don't know. She's hurt really bad. I'm sorry, Bobby. And Bobby's like, don't be sorry for me. Be sorry for Venger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rage, rage. All yeah. the rage and the hatred. It's like palpable at this point. So Hank tries again, basically with the whole arrow thing, because he's yeah. like, right, maybe maybe we can get to Tiamat. And what he fires his arrow in a, in, in a confined cave space. <laughs> and it bounces around the room and forms like, first it forms a pentagram, yeah. then the Star of David, then like an eight, nine point yeah. star on the ceiling, basically. And then um, an orb. Because, you yes, know, an orb appears, we, exactly. You need magical orbs. It comes out of Presto's hat. So Presto's hat just births this golden orb yeah, that starts like, floating towards Eric. The arrow goes to hit Presto and he catches the arrow in his hat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So this, yeah, and then it creates this yellow orb that starts going towards Eric who raises his shield. It bounces off his shield. It becomes like purple or something. Yeah. Sheila's like, what do I do? It's like, obviously, woman, put your cape on it. Yeah. So she, <laughs> she takes her cape off and it gets even bigger. And Bobby's like, stay away from uni. They're still weirded out by this giant magical thing. But yeah. Bobby smashes it with his club and everyone's like, no, don't do it. And it makes it dissipate. But then they're teleported yeah. just as Venger gets into the cave and he's like, oh, good, I wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. He's like raging, basically. <laughs> and then meanwhile, in space, <laughs> what? I love this. I was yeah. like, what's happening? There are stars in the sky and, a, and like a they're galaxy on the way like they're on the moon. is opening. Yes, they are literally in the moon. And and there's some Star Trek like sensor sounds. You know, the, the sensor sweep of original Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it actually makes that noise as mm. their portal so, opens this- above the moon and they fall into a crater. I would guarantee you actually right now that there probably is a crater on the moon that's called the um, Graveyard of Dragons. It's probably. You know what I mean? Like This this ties in really nice. So just like little sidebar geeky thing. So obviously I, I play Final Fantasy fourteen. The most recent expansions just come out. Endwalker, one of the, the places you go in this expansion is the fucking moon. And <laughs> also in the Final Fantasy fourteen world, dragons come from another planet in space. That, and they've come to Eorzea from, uh, or Heidelin, as the planet is called, from another planet in space. So th- this 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 had like little 
I can see that. Wasn't there, wasn't there a dragon in the Clangers as well that lived in the center of the moon? Yes, there was. So yes. are we, we're saying it's confirmed it's, that dragons come from the moon? Or at least moon, exactly. in the general. The moon is a dragon egg. Or are the we, moon is a dragon egg. Yeah. <laughs> are we saying Tiamat in her retirement is the dragon in the Clangers? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck flat earth theory. This is dragon moon theory, guys. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, in space. Not Nazis uh, on, on the moon. moon. Dragon Nazis <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're in this crater and it's filled with skeletons. Yep. Among the skeletons are like lizardmen, I guess. Yeah. But also a stegosaurus skeleton. Yes. yes. Which I noted that. Dragon progenitor, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, could literally be. Like, there's a lot of theories actually in the current world that people think dragons come from finding dinosaur fossils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah it makes sense. If you find a T Rex skeleton, you'd be like, what the well, fuck? That's a dragon, that? isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the party kind of have a little. I don't know how they're breathing on the moon, but it is a magic realm. So they're about, basically. And he picks up this magic sword and just kind of, it glows. He swings mm. it and he kind of drops it and it just slices through a rock. Yeah. So there are other magic weapons just littered about here, presumably from previous parties yeah. Yeah, for, <laughs> for future parties, which, maybe. Which suggests that DM at some point had dominion over the Lizardmen because he was using them to get magical yeah. weapons. So. <laughs> They could have been the last party that mm. tried to use Tiamat against Vengeance. I also want to know if this contradicts one of the very first episodes where they had to go and recharge their weapons in the... No, because that's not the source of the weapon. That was just somewhere they could recharge the weapons. It was never yeah, said that was... that was a thousand-year thing. Mm. Yeah, it? It, was, it was never said that that was where the ultimate source of the power, like their weapons were forged. Because it, yeah. it's, it's implied the weapons were forged here. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah, like a petrol station versus Maybe they're the all made factory. of like dragon... <laughs> Maybe they've all got like a dragon bone core or something. Mm. Like that's the core, that's the heart of their power oh as a God, dragon. Maybe they've all been used to kill a dragon because mm. there's maybe. lots of skeletons around. Yeah, and maybe. that's like maybe a way to infuse them with, with magic of some sort. I like to think of this as just like the resting ground of weapons where when Dungeon Master brings a new batch of kids in, he just goes and picks up some random dross yeah, from the, the ground. Five, and, you know, at the start where he's all like Ranger, he's like fucking net, uh, gladiator. <laughs> yeah. And just nods it at <laughs> that, that, that might explain why Tiamat has some hostility toward them because he's like, she's like, these weapons have been used to murder my kin. You yeah, fuck exactly. <laughs> she's queen of the dragons, but yeah. we barely ever see any other full dragons. Because they're all few. fucking dead. And DMs one of them just used to make weapons. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, so they, they basically pick up a bunch of these weapons and Presto picks up a horn oh, I've just thought of blows a, it. I've just thought of a really dark thing. Do you, like, for an easy thing, do you think DM's been, Dungeon Master's been killing all the gold dragons, the good, the non-hostile dragons just to charge weapons? And that's oh why they're, they're no. nearly extinct. Because he says that, nice. like, they're the golden the, stegosaurus. <laughs> he says in that episode that the golden, these were, the, like, the last of the golden dragons. Oh and he God, would know Eric's, because he's killed all them right. all. This is proper fa fan theory. But stegosaurus, <laughs> is actually missing one of its like heat plates on the Ooh. top like I noticed on the back of it and shield yeah. uh, Eric's shield golden yeah. is, a, is almost the shape of a stegosaurus thing as well ah oh, it's tragic a tragic <laughs> grave of golden this, this episode just gets darker and darker <laughs> Jesus so yeah Presto blows this horn for no apparent reason and Tiamat it's like these like eyes yeah, I was appear say, it's and then there's like ten eyes yeah <laughs> She doesn't need a doorbell. Usually people just knock a door down. Yeah. Or she just comes in through the wall. <laughs> she doesn't have doors. She just has walls. Because they serve the yeah. same place. It's not what Tiamat's pronouns are. Because she's like queen of the dragons, but she's also got six, five heads, right? So like, mm. they. Yes. Yeah. But basically, they're not happy. The, yep. the, the party are there. And the acid he head starts shooting at them and it melts an, a boulder next to them. And I think at this point, Hank shoots his bow out straight away. Yeah, yeah. Like, the hatred <laughs> is running. For, they're supposed to be teaming up with Tiamat and he starts to blast. But his the kickback from his bow like 
makes him like roll along the ground. Yeah. And it turns out that their weapons are super strong in this graveyard. Mm. And they just go to battle with Tiamat straight away without ever trying to talk to her. And they have a little back and well, forth, but eventually they mention Venger. And but, she stops. And yeah. She's interested, right? Yeah. I mean, just they do try at first because when she first appears, the Hank is like, "We want to, we want your help," and she's just like, "No, fuck you." And then he's like, "Well, you, you won't listen to me. I'll fire back at you." And yeah, you know, that's it. I think at some point during the fight, they're like, "Oh, we wanted to use you against Venger," and she's yeah. like, "Oh, interested." <laughs> and she, her raspy voice tells them that their weapons are stronger in I, the Dragon Graveyard. Um, I feel really and, sorry for the voice actor that had to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Tell really, that their weapons are stronger. It's like it's really talk about grating. kill your throat. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point during this discussion, Hank's like, when I get my my club on Venger, he's going to regret it. And Bobby's like, wow. He's like, uh, sorry, Hank is worried about Bobby's hate. Yeah, he says, a, and I'm like, a kid Bobby, your age should not have that much hate. I'm like, dude, you've been fueling it. He's the wrong model for hate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Jesus, what are you talking about? <laughs> I just, my note here is Bobby has gone dark side. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, almost the whole party has this. Yeah, stage. I mean, the, the, and like, yeah, talking about like we go, we we cut to Venger on the, on Earth, I assume, or on the realm. He's standing in front of the fucking magic pool from Visionaries. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> like the charging pool, basically. And he's <laughs> mulling shit over. Um, Merkel is just, just kind of off screen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tiamat left the moon, basically, and was like, I'm going to go get Venger. While Venger is just mulling life and hatred, Tiamat just knocks the fucking wall down yeah. behind him. And she's like, it's time to go. Opens a portal behind him and uses like a wing beat yeah. to blow Venger into the portal. Because what she says to the team before she disappears is she she's like, you don't need me to fight Venger. Your weapons are powerful enough to beat Venger here and you will get your, you'll, but you have to face him here. And that I can arrange. And yeah, so it's interesting from Tiamat because she does hate Venger as well. So it's surprising she doesn't want to join in. Well, like, I mean, she has what, actively hunted Venger. Yeah, before. but I mean, if you can get someone else to do your dirty work, right? Yeah, true. Like, well, she's not well, stupid. Yeah, it's true. At, like the party, are, well, the party is stupid. Probably stupid. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I guess. But like, while Tiamat's gone, they kind of have a little poodle around on the moon, and they pick up some of the random weapons. So, like, Eric picks up this like trident that effectively is like Zeus's. Yeah, I guess. It, uh, it well, no, it wouldn't be Zeus. It'd be well, uh, a trident, uh, uh, Poseidon, Poseidon, Poseidon yeah. Zeus fusion, right? We should know. We did Ulysses, but then he puts it down. <laughs> He even holds it. Like, he's like shield in one hand, trident Actually, in the other. That's the perfect situation. Trident in space is this is a tangential Ulysses connection? Yes, it is Ulysses, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Sheila picks up a, a net that's glowing and she's like, It's oh, alive. I don't know what this does. Exactly. And they just put them down. Like, yeah. why don't you use these as actual weapons? It's like, crazy. You start, like, they know Venger is en route because that's effectively what Team Matt said. And they're like, Oh, we should stand around. They're just like, Oh, I guess we wait. No, you yeah. prepare. Yeah, they also know they're going to kill him, and most of them have defensive weapons, mm. really. Yeah. So why not pick up something that could? Bobby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hank and Bobby maybe, but like that's less than half the party. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, give Sheila a knife, fucking. I rogue. mean, if they're Sheila, not, if Sheila had nightmare, an, if Sheila actually had a javelin, like she keeps saying, then she'd at least have something pointy. <laughs> the bluntest javelin, exactly. <laughs> and and actually, this even comes back to bite them because yeah. Venger arrives and he's immediately like battle time, and he basically raises the dead. And the dead pick up the fucking magic weapons <laughs> that the party have been just like putting down everywhere. I was yeah, very and they happy the... to uh, see some necromancy at last in this series. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, actually. We've had the zombie touching mm. Eric. You know, <laughs> whenever there's an undead, they always seem to that grab was Eric from behind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the undead use their magic weapons to basically battle the the party. Um, and a generic, you know, everyone gets a turn. Battle yeah. happens, and it looks like the undead are winning. 
while Venger just like watches on and has a laugh. But the tides turn because Bobby's hatred just boils over. <laughs> yeah. and he 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 uses a rage, you know, like a reckless attack. Yeah, rage he, he, uh, attack. Oh yeah. God, what's it? What's it? Uh, what's the? Um, oh, what's the actual skill called? Um, oh, it is yeah, reckless attack. Yeah, and rage. Enrage, yeah. yeah. Enrage gives you like a, an advantage, yeah. basically. And then Reckless Attack lets you hit a few times. And he smashes the ground in front of him and it kind of like knocks out a few of the skeletons. Like they just disintegrate. And, and Presto ties a few up with his magic. Yeah. Hank starts you. Hank just, defla- Hank just mash, like basically shield bashes one and it just falls apart. Yeah, that's it. Eric, uh, not sorry, Hank, sorry, yeah. Eric shield And then Hank there. starts shooting Venger and Venger's like, oh my God. Like he yeah. blocks it like he normally does, but he actually gets blasted back a bit yeah. and his eyes widen. Like he He's proper stunned. And then there's this point in the battle, basically, where Venger's getting backed up against a rock. Bobby smashes the ground again and creates this kind of ring around Venger. Like, he can't escape. He's got wings, but whatever. Like, he can't walk (laughs) out of this area, right? And then Presto throws a couple of magic orbs at Venger and they hit him in the hands and basically crucify him against this rock. And Hank draws his bow. Yeah. (laughs) It's so fucking dark. He's literally lining up the killing shot. Yeah, and and... It's like a back and forth camera work thing. And then Hank releases the bow and Venger closes his eyes. Yeah. (laughs) And and then it cuts to Venger again. He opens his eyes and he looks completely stunned. And Hank has shot one of the magic shackles. Yeah. Basically, then he shoots the other one. And it's all that... This is it. I really did hate this bit because I really wanted them to just kill Venger. Yeah. But they're like, you know, like, (laughs) if we killed you, we'd be no better than you. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Like This is very much Luke fighting Darth in the... Death Star at the end of Return of the Jedi he's teetering yeah. on the edge of going to the dark side and then he's like no I will not fight you I will not fight you except that I'm your father bit comes just a little bit after <laughs> yes. this actually as well because the dungeon master appears and he just immediately heals Uni with his yep. magic he uses a net, um, doesn't he? The, the net, net that yeah, yes, exactly. Earlier, yeah. Which is a good job they didn't use that as a weapon, actually, because a <laughs> healing net <laughs> is going to be the least useful fucking thing ever. Unless you're a fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. You really want a fresh catch. If you Rex hunt <laughs> and you always kiss the fish and put them back. Yeah, so Dungeon Master just walks up to this like this circle pit that Bobby has made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, metal concert. Yeah. And then he makes a magic bridge and walks over and he and Venger's on his knees and Dungeon Master says, rise my son. Yeah. And just and like bob And, and none of the party just, hear that. He just teleports him away. Yeah, exactly. He kind of whispers it to him and, he, and then he teleports Dungeon Master Venger uh, away. Venger, sorry. Yep. I was like, what the fuck? And it's, <laughs> and then Dungeon Master talked to the party and he's like, you've taken your first step home. <laughs> oh, like, you motherfucker, you what? <laughs> first, like killing, first, this is like hundred and first. Mm-hmm. Like you finally proved that I can you. trust you. The final scene on this is Tiamat looking on and she looks pissed. Yeah. She's exactly. like, you guys said you were going to fucking end Venger and you didn't. So now I think Tiamat does have it in for the, the group well, going forward. it just completely disrupted yeah. her day in her home yeah. for nothing, really. But, but yeah, wow. super great episode. Like, what an episode. You yeah. would not get that made today. Like, I don't no. think you would be able to pass I don't know. Up. I don't know if we should maybe watch some modern kids' cartoons. The constant implication of murder on both ends, though. No, no, it's not going to... Like, maybe, like, anime, definitely, Mm. because everyone dies in anime, but death is not permanent. I don't don't know what... But for kids. Saturday morning. Like, Dragon Ball... How many times did Goku die in Dragon Ball Z, right? Mm. Like, like death is a a recurring thing in anime. Yeah, it didn't really... Dragon Ball Z... Yeah. I have... uh, mm. Well, it's one we can do, maybe. <laughs> it, although, like, if we oh ever do Dragon Ball Z, I'm only doing the Namek saga. I'll do like yeah, the, the first, basically through to the end of the Namek saga. Everything after that, I'm not. Look, I'm not all, all we need is an hour so I can tell you that Goku is a bad parent 
and Vegeta is not, and then we're done. That's all we need to discuss. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. You don't need an hour for that. <laughs> no, probably not. But like, yeah, this episode was great. It, it, it is not a penultimate episode no, of the series. it really should have been. Like, how this didn't get the last So, the villain. thing that fucks me off the most about Dragon Ball Z is nothing to do with that. It's the name of... It, so, Chi-Chi, his mom. Chi-Chi means father Chips. in Japanese. Oh, is it father? Okay. Yeah, it means father. So, it always fucks me up when I'm doing my Japanese lessons, when we come to mother and father, because in my head, Chi-Chi is the mom. Yeah. So, I always get it, because Ha-Ha is mother and Chi-Chi is father. Uh, yeah. Nero's Japanese lesson for the day. <laughs> well, he didn't need a mother and a father. Maybe that was the implication mm, that she's yeah. both mother and father. Because Goku is a terrible parent. Is absentee, um, yeah. yeah. So I just want to circle back to when Hang decides not to shoot Venger because one of the, like he's very emphatic, like, you are going to know now. You will always know that we beat you. Yeah. And you have to oh, yeah. leave yeah, us yeah, alone yeah. now. You have to stay away. And he well, doesn't show up in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but he's going to be back. But I, I kind of, it reminded me of a, a quote from a Terry Pratchett book about like whether you fight to kill or whether you fight to win. It's like, you know, if you if you beat someone and let them live, then they have to live knowing they were beaten. Mm. Is that worse, basically? Exactly. I think that was meant mm. to be the point. I don't know, man. Like, do you psychologically torture them or I physically? I guess them. it's the SAS motto, isn't it? Death mm. before dishonor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I could take a lot of dishonor. <laughs> 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 so we come on to episode 21, Dross of the Dross Gazer. <laughs> Child of the Stargazer. Fucking bullshit. Bollocks. Episode. Another I, romance. Uh, I was so it. salty. I, like, how can this be the last of the season? Has everyone had a romance now apart from Hank? I know Sheila's wasn't really a romance, but that king did ask her to stay yeah. and be his queen. Yeah. She wasn't yeah, into it. Bobby but... did. Yeah, Eric did. Yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, that Hank yeah, is trying to get on with Sheila or Diana. I, I don't know, but like, can you blame anyone? Hank is thoroughly fucking unlikable. <laughs> mm. But if he's the only option. <laughs> like, Hank is Scott Summers. Yeah. 101. Yeah. You know, really ultimate is. dick douchebag leader. Mm. I feel like a bunch of teens alone in the wild, the hormones are going crazy. Like, Hank, someone's yeah, going to have to Hank zone. eventually. Hank's friend zone. <laughs> Hank's been just like, you know, Hank's been plucked from Lord of the Flies. <laughs> He's just alpha male douche that would have been Lord of the Flies. Anyway, mm. Dross episode, complete shit. Open up on Diane, Diana, Diane, Diana, Diana, Diana washing her face and humming the fucking theme tune. <laughs> I just, like from the get go, I was angry. I'm like, bull, no, fuck your trite bullshit. And the team are just frolicking in a fucking verdant meadow that's all beautiful and pastoral and bullshit. Well, they're probably having a bit of a chill time now the Avengers off their backs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, yeah. they see a rustling in a bush and they immediately all just kind of jump to attention, weapons ready. And they it's just how PTSD still still lives within them. Yeah. They're all immediately <laughs> armed within seconds. Like So, and what happens is just some raggedy looking fucking dude just fumbles, like fumbles his way out of the bush and falls into Diana's arms. And then we cut to a king who's called Trevor. Which is just like the most pretentious Trevor ever. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be Trevor. This is what I mean yeah. about this is how you generate fantasy names. Yeah. You just take yeah, real exactly. names and. and <laughs> this isn't even like, this isn't even smashing two names together. This is just changing yeah. the fucking vowels. Yeah. And <laughs> um, we, he is being approached by a woman called Sirith who says, I want to know why. Why? And he's like, it was an accident. And she says, it was a it's a coincidence that on the eve of Starfall, the only one who can fulfill the prophecy and end her reign as queen has escaped from his dungeon. She tells the, the king that you have till tonight to capture him. And she kind of points at him with like a dragon scaly type hand, like claw. And then she's like, the prophecy must not come true. We then cut back to the team. 
And Presto, uh, this 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 guy, Presto was apparently magicked or an electric razor so the guy can have a shit and a shave. <laughs> and he's, he's cleaned up and he's cleaned up into a very pretty man. He has who, cleaned up. <laughs> his name is Corsar and he says he's from, he escaped from uh, the city of Turad where the queen locked him up there 10 years ago. And Eric makes some job of like, what do you do, rob a bank? Because he keeps insinuating he's a bank robber throughout. And uh, Diana's in love. Let's just get this out right out of the way. Diana's just like, oh my God, he's my soulmate. Fucking, yeah. oh. This kid, is, sorry, this kid is like, what, 15, 16? He's been locked up since he was five or six? Yeah. There's no way his development would be so stunted. <laughs> it's true. Well, he's, he's even a bit weird. later on that he was locked up on his own. So how yeah. he can even hold a conversation? Well, yeah. He is very timid. And very like mm. you know shy a bit like maybe she likes broken boys though yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> could have been written by fucking Joss Whedon so Corsar start Corsar starts to tell the story of why he was locked up but stops and is like oh it's a long story and DM immediately Dungeon Master immediately appears and is like no but it's a long story but you have to tell it and he's like why stop making people relive <laughs> their trauma damn it this is what he likes he likes kids so, being upset Dungeon Master then gaslights Corsar into telling the story because he's like, oh, the people of Tarad are living in fear and they've been living under the tyranny for a thousand years and their only hope is this prophecy. And Dungeon Master's like, this prophecy is a thousand years old and then immediately starts to create, basically magics up a PowerPoint presentation on this pro <laughs> prophecy. And he's like, on the night of Starfall, Starfall, the child of a stargazer shall come forth and stand in the temple of light and the demon shall be vanquished and they will go home. So, and he says, the team will also see their way home. I'm like, well, okay. See again the qualifier. They'll see their way home. Yeah. They won't get home. <laughs> They'll just be like, oh yeah, there it is. So, and it's, yeah, Corsair says that he was born in a far, far away land and his dad is an astrologer, so a stargazer. Eric is confident. Eric is just like, hey, come on, then let's go. We'll take care of this. We do this shit all the time, mate. Not a fucking problem. Then they are immediately attacked. They're set upon by guards that I that are basically all like Harvey Birdman, but <laughs> medieval Harvey Birdman. Bat uh, riders. Oh, yeah, and they're on like what I call dragon bats. <laughs> yeah. They're I basically so, dragon yeah. bats. Uh, they're Harvey uh, Batmans. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like Harvey Dent and Bat if Harvey Dent was Batman? <laughs> no, that's the Queen. The Queen is Harvey Dent. Yes, yeah, she is. So yeah, they're attract like I I just nearly misread my note and like they are attacked by guys riding Dragon Balls, but no, that's just yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Presto phones in his magic again and just gets a mirror. Once again, mirrors are fucking OP because they're shooting what I assume is magic at them, and he just reflects it back at them with a handheld like Vanity mirror. A vanity mirror, yeah, exactly. Mir magic is lasers yeah, in this world, really right? Is. Effectively. So in the melee, Diana's jumped onto the back of a dragon bat and has thrown the rider off and then comes kind of jumps off and is like falling through the air. And of course, our season, he's like, oh my God, I've got to go and save my one true love. Oh, fuck, I've only just met her, but fucking, she's a woman. And uh, she did not need saving. She did not need saving because on her way down, she's like, of course, I'll look out. And he lands on top of her and they start giggling. Meanwhile, Hank walks into shot, still firing arrows off. They're just, they're laughing and, oh, aren't we in love while there's a pitch battle still going on? I'm like, <laughs> fucking sort your life out. Sorry, I'm she even mentions at this, this point where she's like, I'm a two-time championship gymnast or yeah. something. Or, <laughs> no, yeah. Eric, Eric is oh, bigging, does, yeah. Yeah, Eric's bigging her up. Eric the wingman. Yeah. So, yeah, they're basically really into each other. And Eric, again, is insinuating uh, that Corsair's a bank robber because he's been locked up for 10 years. My next note here is basically Corsair is a wet blanket. He is the sappiest... <laughs> 
wet. Ten years in prison, mate. Yeah, I think I I understand. Yeah, it should make you into a fucking hard bastard, not a wet 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 five. A prison on his own. I don't give a fuck, mate. All he should have been doing. All he should have been doing is fucking no, because he's got friends there. He's friends with the king's son. We know this from later on. Mm. So he's not been alone. He should have been in that cell doing fucking burpees and push-ups and every fucking like hotel room workout he should have done. He should be the most jack motherfucker on the planet and just full of anger. It's good to know you've got a prison plan in mind, yeah. Eric. <laughs> For your time. Eric is, again, being a badass. He's like, hey, we give no fucks about the danger. We do this all the time. Come on, let's let's get to Tarad. And Corsar then says, the queen of the city is the demon that they need to face. At which Eric is like, oh, Ooh, uh, oh fuck it because right. of the last queen demon he met mm. who tried to force him to marry her yeah, yeah. that may be why he's got an I aversion think to, about that. to queen good. demons <laughs> so we then go back to Tarad and we see the king and his son and they're plotting a way to open the temple for Corsa they're like oh he'll make it back into the city we've secured a route back into the city for him but how does he get into the temple and the king's son is not bright well, do you know what? You, you know that because if their plan was to release him and get him to the temple, why did they release him and remove him from the city? Like hours and hours walk away from like this guy, like because they are a trek away from the city. Definitely. But yeah, the, the king, the king's son is not bright because of genetics, right? Yeah, <laughs> the king can't even spell Trevor. Yeah, and his Trevor. son is his son is Rogar, which yeah. is just Roger with an A and yeah. an E as well. So like, not that I'm dissing on dyslexic people, but like they can't even say the words. Properly. Yeah, and so what Drogar? I think it's Drogar. Drogar. Yeah, and so he, I noticed. He has He-Man's sword. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes. And he his 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 plan to get into the temple is to put the sword hold the sword above his head. He does his like oh, what was that episode of Visionaries where he just plays like, Cravex or whatever, just walks up with the pipe above his head. Because <laughs> yes. he emulates that perfectly, just holds the sword above his head and charges full bore at the door and slams into it and he's immediately repulsed by Sirith's magic. And his dad's like, the, the door can't be opened that way. But there is another way. There's a secret entrance. Let me show you. I should have mentioned it maybe years ago. I don't know. When we were discussing our original plan to get this kid out of prison and into the temple. Like maybe we could have just hid him in this. Why didn't they just hide him in this tunnel to start with? Yeah. Yeah, true. Like, and just waiting. Yeah, exactly. We cut back to the team and they're knackered. Their sweat's dripping off them. They're keeping like a really brisk pace because they have a long way to go to get to Tarad. And bear in mind that Corsair's not actually giving them proper directions. And he's, at, and he's at the back of the fucking yeah. line. He's just wasting time. He's just flirting. Yeah, so they stop and like, Where, where's Diana? Where's Corsair? Where's Uni? And <laughs> Eric's like, they're back there in love. And then he's like, what about uni? And she's like, she's back there in love. And uh, we cut to Diana telling Corsa about airplanes. And he's very confused. And they both think each other's weird, worlds are weird. And my next notes are as thus. Diana is yuck. Uni is yuck. This episode is fucking yuck. <laughs> You're such a boy. <laughs> it's They're like just, frolicking in a rose garden. He so like tucks a rose wet. into it's Uni's so hair. Wet. It's so wet. It makes me wet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the most bullshit fucking... Yeah, they're like, save it, uh, save a kingdom for a thousand years now. When I get my end away, yeah, mm-hmm. like let, let's frolic in this rose field. <laughs> but what, one thing I did like is Eric starts teasing Bobby, saying that Uni's run off with another guy, and it happens <laughs> to the best of us. And it's like, yeah. what has Bobby been doing with Uni when no one's around? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's she been doing with him? She, him? She's got the horn too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pegging bestiality, no. 
So we then cut back to Sirith. Sirith in her her mad lab. Mad lab doing mega shark science. Yes. She's just pouring things into things. She's like, I can't wait for Corsar to be found. I'm just going to bring him back here now with this spell, which, why didn't you do that in the first fucking place, woman? Like, fucking women. Yeah. Man. No, no, it's, it's not bitches. a fucking women thing. It's just... Okay, demon bitches. If you have the ability to do something immediately, do whatever it. it is, do that first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Make that your first move. Don't be so, like, I'm going to outsource it and see what happens. So it's problem solving 101, Amy. <laughs> like so it. yeah, she cr- she pulls all this shit into a beaker and it creates like an explosion with some sparkly bits and a big wind, I guess. And we then cut back to the team who are now, bear in mind, not, not five seconds ago, they were in a verdant meadow, flowers, saccharine bullshit. Now they're in a canyon. Because of course they fucking are. <laughs> they walked into the next biome. Yeah. It always happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to change the name of this fucking podcast to Protein Canyons. Protein Biomes. <laughs> Protein Biomes, yes. <laughs> so my next note is just, well, capitals, Corsar is wet. Corsar thinks, something, he gets a sense that something bad is going to happen. And Diana's like, no, don't be worried. You're amongst friends. We're fine. And then giant whirlwind appears just barreling this, down the canyon. But is this the point where she starts... To tell him about how they have so much in common. Yeah. He's the child of an astrologer. And, and my dad is And wind. then she gets, yeah. <laughs> and all the team jump out of the way of this giant fucking tornado. And Corsar falls flat on his face and Diane stands in front of him like, no, leave him alone because the wind can hear them, right? Yeah. She, she's literally shouting into the wind. <laughs> so the whirlwind engulfs Corsar and Diane and they're taken off and they appear in Sirith's chamber. And Sirith's like, two? I didn't, I was only supposed to bring one. Not thinking that, oh, maybe, maybe another star. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. she's like, it was only supposed to bring ch- the child of a stargazer. Yeah. And Diana, yeah. who we know in canon is very good at riddles, has already figured out this prophecy and how there could be yeah. a loophole in it. Yeah. Diana's immediate reaction is, well, you may have brought us here, but you can't fucking keep us and just start smashing shit. And then uh, her and Corsar just lag it out of uh, Sirith's so, chambers. Like, she's very She's capable. so out of his league. Yeah. Out of her chambers, <laughs> she jumps out of the window. Yes. And they just <laughs> like not knowing what floor she's on. <laughs> yeah, they just jump out the window, do some insane acrobatic shit, and like her air quotes javelin sticks into like the mouth of a gargoyle on an adjacent yes. roof and they kind of bounce off it. They basically sonic the hedgehog across a <laughs> roof, <laughs> for want of a better word or turn of phrase. And uh of I was like, oh, you. Do you do this all the time? She's like, yeah, it was all the time. He's like, oh, joking. But they run off down a staircase, which, which oddly, on the top of this roof, there is a staircase that just has like a gazebo on top of it, <laughs> on top of a roof. Unnecessary architecture. Yes. But it's purely there so Sirith can destroy it and show her powers. Anyway, we cut back to the team and Eric's like, we need to find this city. And Presto is like, okay, I'll magic us up a map. <laughs> Which he does. It's a map of Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) Which Eric is just like, what the fuck is this? Uh, And then Dungeon Master appears, because of course. And (laughs) Sheila's just like, immediately, don't look, no riddles. We need to find Diana and Corsair. Where are they? And he's like, oh, Dungeon Master agrees. He's like, yes, you do. You need to find them quickly because the time of Starfall is nearly here. And then Dungeon Master is like about to say, they're in the city of Torad. And Herrick calls him off. He's like, yes, we fucking know that. Where's the city, you dick? (laughs) At which point he says, the city can be found under the evening star, the first star of the evening or something to that. Basically follow the fucking, go do the three wise men thing. 
Yeah, totally. Go find Jesus. Apt for Christmas time. I guess. But they need to be... be, be, Fucking anger. Sorry. Anger (laughs) just makes me stutter. So he says, they need to be... They need to be... Be beware? No, they need to be... They, oh, I can't <laughs> they say that. Justin Bieber's new They need to be aware. As, <laughs> they need to be leaf. <laughs> they need to be aware. As one of... The reason I'm stumbling over it is because I've put they need to be aware. <laughs> like beware as one. They need to be, be aware. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was stumbling over the words. I was trying to say be beware. <laughs> that's not that's be not words beware. Sanja Master be just beware. can't help but get one more riddle in yeah it's like right? one of you one of your team or one of your party will have to choose between home and the heart I'm like you, I, my next note is so Diana then yeah because yeah. no one else has got a stake in this right I mean Bobby's can't, we've had the uni Bobby yeah. connection so <laughs> so Bobby sees the star and he's like alright well let, I guess we're going that way so the, the team head out then we cut back to the city and Corsar and Diana are running around trying to keep hidden. They're like hiding in doorways and alleyways and whatever. And Corsar says he's got to get Diana out of the city so he can go to the Temple of Light. Fucking mush, which is literally my note. <laughs> and Diana at this point then reveals that she is also the child of a stargazer and her dad is an astronomer. So she should go with him because then they've got double chance of fulfilling the prophecy. The king's kid arrives, Ro- Rothgar, Rogoth, Ra- Roger, Roger Moore. Yep, he arrives and he's like, "Hey, come on! I, there's a secret path into the temple. Come with me." Sorry, I, I didn't tell it about tell you about it when we bust you out. Of oh, well, I only just found out. My dad didn't tell me. Blame my dad. The right. secret path is literally just lifting a, sta- a slab of stone <laughs> off of the and, street like a sewer lid. Yeah, right, they're going being in. they're being chased by Harvey Birdman uh, guards, and they kind of just go into this tunnel. The Birdman just run past. Then we cut to the rest of the team who are now arrived in Tarad, who are also being chased by Harvey Birdman. This is where. <laughs> We hear Eric bemoaning that Presto tried to distract the guards by pulling a rabbit from his hat. <laughs> which I, I like, yeah. I'm ashamed, I, it's a shame we don't get to see that because I think that would have been quite fun. But it's a nice little touch in passing. Oh, Presto's like, well, it was a six foot tall rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they find the temple and it is guarded by Sirith and her guards. And we see that she is like half woman, half demon. She's got like her cowl down now. We can see her in her full glory question mark yeah and eric just is like fuck it char like eric leroy jenkins <laughs> yeah he's he full really, leroy yeah. he's just like just ah charging shield forward and she's like shooting at him meanwhile hank and bobby just take out all the guards because the, the other guys just stand around and do nothing we then cut back to corsar and diane who are in the tunnel with the king and his son my next note is ziggurat <laughs> yeah there's always ziggurats ziggurat so they've got inside the Temple of Light and inside the temple, like, you've built a ziggurat inside your temple. It's like, impressive. Yeah. That's just showing off. We heard you <laughs> like ziggurats, so... Should we put a ziggurat in your ziggurat so you can ziggurat while you ziggurat? <laughs> we should do a rap, the ziggurat. No, I don't think we should. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they, they Corsair and Diane and, uh, and the king and his son, I don't know why the king and his son are bothering, they're all climbing to the top of uh, this ziggurat. <laughs> 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 and there's like a glowing orb at the top of it. Me, like, meanwhile, Corsar... Oh, I've skipped forward. Starfall has started, by the way. Starfall. Yeah, started. that's where the glowing orb is. It's yeah. literally a, an asteroid or something. No, no, there's, a glo- the there's an orb already there. And as Starfall happens, an asteroid comes through the roof. That's like How they predicted this shit... Cause the, it's like, well, a- to be fair, that's what ziggurats were for and pyramids, right? They were... Uh, like interstellar calendars and stuff. True. Not interstellar, just stellar. Well, you, you, you predict- well, they're sort of interstellar in you, that we are in the stars They predicted the landing of a meteorite within, you know, meters precision. <laughs> we can't do that now. That's no, true. 
So what's the technology? Because all our ziggurats are busted. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need. That, that's what they should have the built on ziggurat. That's what they should have. <laughs> like, they should have done with Ground Zero in New York. Is what a ziggurat. <laughs> uh, that might be a bit tasteless, but fuck it, it's funny. It's, it's been twenty. It's been twenty years. years. We can joke about nine eleven. Too soon. It's fine. <laughs> in fact, it's retro. Yeah, like we could do a nine eleven episode can, because it's a retro topic. Anyway, so yeah, this this meteor comes crashing through this perfectly cut hole in the roof of the temple, and it, it assimilates with the orb on top of the ziggurat. And Corsar's heading, about to go and touch it and fulfill the prophecy when Sirith busts in and shoots him and basically almost kills him, effectively. And he falls down. Diana's crying and she's like, no, the prophecy will be fulfilled. And she charges the orb and stands in it. And then acid happens because Diana becomes ginormous, like, you know, 20 foot tall. Sirith turns full demon and is zapped away by Diane. And then Diane opens the portal home and everyone's like, hey, you can go home. Well, then Sheila's like, I mean, like, I would, if I was Eric, <laughs> don't or, even point it out. <laughs> I would have bitch slapped Sheila. You'd be like, shut the fuck up, woman. Because <laughs> Sheila is like, Diane, no. If you, <laughs> if you choose, you have to choose whether we go home or not. If you go home, then Corsar will die. You have to save it, say here. And <laughs> Diana thinks about it for it. literally half a second mm. before closing the portal. <laughs> and then she <laughs> just like, kind of, she zaps Corsar. And my note, here is literally block cabs. I've got, I would be fucking livid. Like, Eric's so disheartened at this Oh, you're point. in love after one day yeah. spent together like, frolicking. And they don't out. even get to stay together. Because she, she zaps Corsar. And Corsar then ends, I don't like, because he's still lying down, but he, I, I was telling him. They though, do like a teleport exchange. Yeah, that's She it. becomes him and he becomes her, the giant. Okay, so that makes glowing sense. Glowing thing. So, yeah, and he fulfills the prophecy. And then... Uh, and disappears. He's like, I'll always remember you. Fucking keep them fucking fuck off. <laughs> I'm so angry. And then the king thanks Diane. And she's like, you, you have no idea how much good you have done. And she's like, but I've lost course. Oh, my one true love. Oh, woe is me. And then Dungeon Master appears and talks some cryptic fucking bullshit. It's proper new agey twin flames. Yeah. Or so like you knew each said, other in the past and you'll know each other again. He says he is not lost. She knew him long ago. How? She's 16, 14. There is no long ago for her. She can't even know retro. She's not old enough. Yeah, she knew him long ago and she will know him again. Uh, Diane asks where he's gone. Where he's gone? Where he gone? Where he gone? Where he gone? Where he gone? Uh, Diane asks, Diana asks where he's gone. And Dungeon Master says, he's gone to take his place among the stars, a place oh beyond God, your understanding. He's dead. So he's dead. Plainly. And you and she, he says, "You will know. You will. Corsair will always remember you, and you will meet him again because you're going to die." <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I've picked up. Yeah, he's too. gone to heaven. <laughs> My notes are like, "What the fuck are you driveling about, Dungeon Master?" And then Dungeon Master then tells Diane, says to Diane, "Listen to all the people that you have set free and the good that you have done." And she's like, "Yeah, but I didn't get laid." Yeah, this <laughs> is like an this is like a really shit elaborate spin on the like American comedy thing that happens where two people fall in love at their summer job at an amusement park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like just, she's just taken some acid and gone into the Dungeons mm -hmm. and Dragons ride, and so has he. <laughs> and yeah, there we have one of the drossiest wet epic. Like I could only describe it as wet. 
So this is a very nineties or eighties man speaking, but it, it almost seems like it was like the episode for girls. Yes, like it was primarily. <laughs> it definitely does feel like archetypal for nice girl. men. Yeah. yeah. So um, for the sake of accuracy, I've looked also, up the difference between a swamp and a bog. Uh, just oh, before, right, go for it. Yeah. Before you I'm go, go for moisture count. Before you go into that, I just want to know that actually talking like eighties retro, blah, blah, Corsair is actually kind of a millennial guy. He's very you know effeminate, well kept, and. You know. He's yeah. what they would have called at the time a metrosexual. Yes, that's that was the mm. term I was thinking. Yeah. So anyway, swamp swamps are low wait, wait, wetlands. My, yeah. Yeah. Bogs trees, are right. generally higher than the surrounding land. Swamps mm. receive water from rivers or streams and have some drainage. Bogs receive water from precipitation and have no outflow. Swamps have muddy soil. Bogs have peat formed by dead and decaying vegetation. So they were in a bog. They were definitely well, we in the bog. Well, we don't know if there was outflow. Yeah, but there was no inflow either because there, there was <laughs> no mountains. But they weren't particularly or, high either. No. Mm. I don't so know. Maybe they were in a swamp. Maybe we didn't see enough of the surrounding some terrain. Some other kind of wetland. Yeah, we need to mount <laughs> a geographical expedition. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so tune in next week for more geology with protein. Oh, God. <laughs> if, if, if one of the next trilogy of episodes has Hank's love story, yeah. you can be fuming. So Especially if it's the third one again. <laughs> I don't think they can because I really feel like the implication was meant to be that Hank and Sheila were going to grow up and, and get married. Kind of thing, you know. I mean, when yeah, I, maybe. like how Hank is supposed to be what, 16? 16, she's and 13. She, that's not cool. No, but it wouldn't matter when they were older, right? When yeah, he was no. 23 and she was 20. Yeah, yeah, I know, but the, there's, like, you can't make plans to marry a 13-year-old when you're 16. You can't be thinking that. I'm not that's saying not it's okay. No, I'm just saying I feel that was the implication throughout the series, was that like, Hank and she you can not, kind of... No, when you're, when, though, when just you're, early on. When you are 16, you can date a year younger and a year, like, a year younger. That's, that's <laughs> the set rules. <laughs> you can you go as old as you like. Like, I mean, I... I Dated but, like a forty-two-year-old woman. Morally, point. you shouldn't. No, but no. no, I think you can go a year younger, and it's morally, it's fine. One year younger is fine when you're that. I age. think check your your local laws and legislations <laughs> before you. Advise. I, I'm not <laughs> saying. I, I, no, I'm not even talking about actual fornication. I'm just talking about like dating. dating. And right. I think a year, you know, a, like a year younger is absolutely fine because you're still around the same mental age. That's fine. I, I when I was sixteen, I was I dated someone who was like fifteen. Like there were six months younger than me, so there was a period where I was sixteen and they were fifteen. Yeah. So you know, I think that is fine. But when you're that, sixteen and they're thirty, how can you even know thirteen <laughs> is not? No. But yeah, the, the, fuck this episode. Fuck the romance. Give me more dragons. Or more dragon graveyards <laughs> yeah, and murder. Yeah, there episode aren't made up for many it, though, dragons like it was in the this best. Dungeons and Dragons oh, Just series. more murder. Just more murder. That's all I want. Just more <laughs> we content. haven't had any murder yet. Well, more just, give us murderous more murder. in, just more murderous intent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll do. But anyway, we've only actually got two episodes left of Dungeons and Dragons. We've got the next episode, which will be a three episode, standard three episode thing. And then we're going to have a final bumper episode, which is going to have three episodes plus the unaired pilot. Or unaired pilot, unaired finale. Uh, which is on YouTube, which has been voice acted and kind of has like still comic image thing. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch. We're going to find like I, I don't treat this finale as canon. I treat the 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 Easter egg in Baldur's Gate as canon. Bobby's dead. Oh no, Ian I know. That's so fucking depressing. I can't deal with it. <laughs> I don't want Bobby to be dead. You like Bobby? He's the best one. No, Eric. Eric's the best one. Eric's the best. Eric and Bobby. Eric and Bobby are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're they're top three, definitely. But yeah, yeah, Bobby being dead is too depressing. Like I said in the chat, in the chat, I I still think they should have killed off Uni to add some real gravitas. Because you imagine like a broken Bobby for the rest of the series, just be like completely distraught, (laughs) more broken than you (laughs) is. We don't need that. But yes, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show this week. Uh, We are we back next week? Don't know. 
we may be back next week. It's, it's Christmas time, so it might be a little bit on and off. Like we weren't here last week, and <laughs> my best Boris Johnson there. <laughs> oh wait, no, to do a proper <laughs> Boris Johnson, I should be inviting all my friends to a party at my workplace during <laughs> lockdown. But it's not a party; it's a business meeting. Anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed that. Hope you all have a happy festive season out there. I hate Christmas, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, just, I just hope people are happy all the time. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to be happy just at Christmas. No, yes. And if you're unhappy, that's fine too. If you're unhappy, yeah. I, I'm... Consider taking some vitamin D because that could be the cause at this time yeah. of year. Or some ecstasy because, you know, quick clicks. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, acid. There are two yeah. kinds of people. <laughs> well, no, if, you, if you're depressed, don't take hallucinogenics. You might not have a good time. But if you, unless you combine them with ecstasy, because that always guarantees a good trip. <laughs> if you're depressed... <laughs> Reach out to local legislation, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. Reach out to someone you love or at least call the Samaritans. Or your dealer. Or your dealer. Who Good is night, my kids. Samaritan? <laughs> <laughs> Peace, love, and unity, and respect. Good night. Happy Christmas.